Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. This is an exciting episode because it is a full solo, which I feel like we haven't done in a long time. Like I was looking back on our episodes yesterday to see if I could like suggest, you know, I'm trying to group together episodes to make it easier for you guys and post it on the Instagram. And I realized we used to do so many more solo episodes and we don't do them as much anymore. And so this is, you know, one of those. And you had some great topics that you all suggested. So I'm just going to get right into them. Also, there's going to be a special guest appearance in this episode from somebody very close to me, so close that I live with this person and we sleep in a bed together. So my boyfriend will be joining us for a second just to give a little input, not for too long, but very excited that he agreed to that. And I guess we'll just get started. So one person asked how girls deal with breakups versus how guys do. I feel like this is so textbook at this point. Like we all know that right after a breakup, the guy, and I mean like pre-COVID times, because it's not that easy to go out right now. In fact, it's impossible. Pre-COVID times, like breakup happens and then the guy goes out and tries to like sleep with people and just get his mind off of it and whatnot. Um, Whereas the girl is like really upset at first and sad and like needs time. And then a switch is flipped and the guy then gets sad later, whereas the girl is actually fine because she took the time immediately after the breakup to mourn. I feel like that's what usually happens. Um, I always find that guys, friend, like guy friends of mine and people I know are actually the ones that take a longer time to get over things because they don't do the healing right away. Whereas women do it almost immediately. They kind of let themselves heal and go through that. Somebody asked what guys want at different stages um, or sorry, at different ages. I think that it's so impossible to ask a question like this because guys, for the most part, they don't really know what they want. They're not planners um, the way that maybe I would be. I think guys, and I'm really convinced of this, they know what they want when they see it, when they find it. And so a guy could be 25, but find someone amazing and decide that he wants her forever. A guy could be 30, 
34, 38 and find someone and the timing isn't right because again, they're not interested enough. And so I think if a guy is interested enough in a girl, then he will pursue it no matter what age he's at. But, you know, I will say post 30, I think the fact is that guys do take dating a little more seriously, but that doesn't mean that just because someone's over 30, they're not going to be a fuck boy or they're not going to treat you badly or, you know, just want sex because you never know. Again, like you'll know based on how they treat you. Somebody asked if I could talk about the pressure to see who could act like they care less after a breakup. Shout out to Taylor Swift for this epic line. And she says like, it's looking like a contest of who can act like they care less. And then she says, but I liked it better when, when I was on your side or something like that. Anyway, love you, Taylor. Great performance in the Grammys. There is a pressure. There is definitely a pressure of who can act like they care less. And what sucks is that the winner is always the one who broke up with the other person. Like without a shadow of a doubt, that's just the winner. And it sucks. And and the reason is because ultimately this person does care less, right? Because they were willing to give up the relationship, whereas the other person wasn't. There's always a an exception if the breakup was mutual, but Again, like not to quote a million pop culture references, but like that song that's like when a heart breaks, it don't break even. And that's the truth. Like there's always one person that's more hurt in a breakup and that's okay. Like, and it goes back to like, we're trying so hard to be like, no, it was mutual. Or like we, we like, I, he said it, but I was thinking it and blah, blah, blah. Like one of us is always trying to hold on in some way, shape or form. And That's why breakups are so tough. If things were actually able to be mutual, then breakups would not be so hard. It would be much, much easier. Reflecting on old podcast episodes and if my views changed and why. Mm. My views have absolutely changed from old podcast episodes. And I feel like someone was like giving me shit for this the other day. And can you imagine if my views never changed? Like if I always had the same views, no matter what, as three and a half, almost four years went by from year 27 to year 30. Like I was 27 when I started this podcast and I'm 30 now, which means this podcast has been like a culmination of my entire Saturn return. Everything that I thought and believed at 27 when I started this podcast is genuinely completely different from everything now as a 30-year-old woman. In fact, when I started this podcast, I was a huge stoner. I definitely had some substance issues. I was letting guys treat me like shit, always falling for the wrong guy, for the narcissist. You know, we did an IG live on this this week. Definitely check it out. Just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I had a social media consultant company, which was great. But the podcast at the time definitely was not something that I thought would ever be a career. So I still was kind of like vulnerable and insecure when it came to talking about like what I did. I remember on dates, 
you know, I'd be like, oh yeah, like I have this social media company and like I have a podcast. I always thought that people were judging me. Like those aren't legit things. That's not a real job. And I was just not comfortable in my own skin. I had a roommate when I started the podcast. I lived alone after, you know, for the first time before I moved in with my boyfriend. So, so much has changed in my life that of course my views have changed. And a lot of my views reflect the relationships I'm in at the time. And thank God I'm in such a healthy relationship now that my views are able to be in my opinion, and hopefully yours, like the healthiest and most sound they've ever been because there's actually a basis for them. And like, that's not to say that, you know, people who have a dating podcast who aren't in a healthy relationship that you shouldn't take their advice. You absolutely should. But at the same time, I would say like when, when people ask me who I go to for advice, I always say, I go to someone whose relationship I really admire. So maybe that's my parents. Maybe it's one of my best friends. But I feel like it's so important to think about that when you're going to someone for advice. And yeah, I would say like, I used to think that you had to put up with a ton in your relationship, like that it was really hard, you know? But I don't think relationships are hard anymore. I think marriage is hard. I think long-term relationships are hard. I don't think that a year in, things should be hard. I think that what I did in the past was I settled for very short honeymoon phases, like six months. You know, after six months, you should still be in your honeymoon phase. I settled for things that I wanted to change about my partner that I knew were never going to change. But again, like you don't have to settle for that. And so that's why now from the perspective of my relationship today, I'm like, never settle. You know, you can get what you want. You know, we actually had a really interesting episode with Tanya Zuckerbrot where she talked about her past marriage that ended. And she was like, you know, she had had a conversation with her dad and he was like, you shouldn't feel like a widow in your marriage, like when your partner is still alive. And that really stuck with me because, you know, there's so many relationships I've been in where I felt alone in one way or another, or I was holding back thoughts and feelings. And I think the right relationship, and it sounds so cheesy because like, you know, who's to say anything, but I will say like the right relationship is one where, you know, things are for the most part easy until hard times come along. You communicate really well you're satisfied sexually, you're stimulated mentally, and you really like their values and you like who they are as a person. But I will say like the right relationship, and I talk about this with my boyfriend in a second, is one where like you are constantly trying to impress this person because like you want to, because that fire is never dead because you always want to like make this person think you're great. Um, Whether that's like, you know, when I go to the grocery store, I know that he loves Munster cheese. And so like, I'll get like a quarter pound of Munster cheese. And it's like a little stupid nonsense thing that costs like three bucks. But I know that he's going to love it and be so happy. Or like when he, you know, walks by 
I don't know, like McDonald's. He'll grab me a fries because he knows that I love McDonald's fries. Like just little things. Like you should never stop thinking about your partner, trying to impress them. And yeah, and just like in terms of views changing, I think my levels of maturity have changed and have evolved. And granted, like I'm not complete by any means. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still in therapy. I'm still trying to understand myself and be more self, more and more self-aware every day. I actually had an instance the other night. I was at dinner with my best friend and her husband and the service was terrible. It was so bad. And I actually, I need to ask a few poll questions about this because I wonder what everyone would do. I'm the kind of person at a restaurant that if my food is bad, I will not send it back. Like I will just eat it and shut up and it is what it is, right? Like I hate rocking the boat when it comes to that stuff. I hate being that person who's like, this isn't what I wanted. Like I hate that chip. But the service was so bad at this restaurant. And I'm not going to name the restaurant because it's not the right thing to do. And by the way, I normally love this restaurant, but the service was awful. And granted, like, was I already in an irritable mood? Yeah. So like, did that help? Probably not. We got to the restaurant. We had to wait for our table for like 15 minutes. Annoying, like especially because we're like outside eating to begin with. So we're like waiting outside, like already cold by the time we sit down, whatever. We sit down and we order, but like that even takes a while. And then we order and then they bring our appetizers and it takes like 40 minutes, I would say. Like I... The least amount of time, like in case I'm being delusional, is like 30 minutes between our appetizers and our mains. But I mean like done with appetizers. No one's touching anything. Forks are down. Knives are down. And the food like finally comes. And my dish is the only one, of course, that doesn't come with the other mains. And then it doesn't come for another 10 minutes. And at this point, like, I'm like, okay, it'd be wild if I didn't say something. And I don't want like my boyfriend to say something for me. Like, I'm not like a child and that's stupid. I'm an adult and can speak up for myself. So I said to the guy, to the manager, I was like, hey, listen, the service honestly has been terrible. And like, my dish still isn't here. Like we've been waiting for an hour. I, I exaggerated because that's, that is who I am. I exaggerate. And, I'm, and by the way, this is, I'm, I'm saying this story to you to be like, these are my faults, right? I'm not saying this to be like, look how cool I am. I complained about this food. No. And like, I have so much respect for people in the service industry. And part of that is like, part of the reason I said something was because I genuinely thought that they needed to know. Could I have not exaggerated? Probably. Anyway, the food ended up coming. It actually wasn't good. Like, I want, again, I want to like this restaurant. The food actually wasn't good. So I ended up not eating it and they were very sweet and they took it off the menu. But I left that restaurant feeling like such an asshole for having brought the manager over and said the the service was terrible. Like, I don't know why. I just felt so bad. Like, I don't know where I'm even going with this story, but I just felt bad. And I guess my point is that like, that was a learning moment for me. That was a teaching moment for me. I was embarrassed after. I didn't feel good after. It's like when you have a reaction like that, unless you're sociopathic, like you don't feel good. You don't feel good that you made this manager feel bad about his restaurant, his food. Like, no, like if I could have redone it, I would have been like, hey, like, 
service is a little slow. I'm not loving my dish. Like took a little while to come. So I think I'm going to send it back. But like, thank you so much. We love this place. Like it won't be a problem. We'll definitely come back. But I had to be like, hey, the service is terrible. My dish didn't come for an hour. You know, like no one wants to be that person. And I was embarrassed by my behavior. And like I texted my friend after and I was like, oh, I don't know what's wrong with me. I need to like, need to make a therapy appointment. And like she didn't care. And, you know, maybe she was just being nice and whatever, but it was not good. And also my boyfriend played a part in helping me recognize that my reaction was not necessarily like on the level of what it should be, if that makes any sense. Like it didn't match what was happening. (laughs) And I think like that's also great to have a partner who like challenges you and like lets you see your wrongdoings and your faults. You know, it's really wild. And I had this conversation with friends the other night at dinner. Like most people don't use condoms and don't protect themselves. And it honestly blows my mind because of so many things that you could potentially get like HPV and herpes and chlamydia. And it's like, people don't realize these things are real and out there. And I feel like the reason that people don't wear condoms is because they haven't found a condom where they can actually feel everything. And it feels truly amazing. And that is why I am working with this new brand that is going to change your life. Um, Especially for people who like don't want to go on birth control, but like have been using the pullout method. No, you can now use skin, which is an incredible revolutionary non-latex condom that basically like they're so much softer and they provide like natural feelings and enhance your stimulation. So like there's zero reason to not use a condom that is this incredible because it also enhances your sex. Like when have you heard of a condom actually making things better for you? It's really, really amazing and like revolutionary. If you haven't tried skin yet, you absolutely have to. I'm so grateful that they're working with us because I feel like this is our first condom brand and this is the best one out there. So I really want you to check it out. There's so many reasons to use condoms. I I feel like I don't have to be the one to tell you, but if you don't already know, condoms seriously reduce the risk of STI transmission and you don't get pregnant. So it's really amazing. You should really be choosing to feel everything and feeling safe at the same time. All you have to do is visit skyn.com to check it out. That is skyn.com. Check it out. You're going to love it. Have you recently thought about goals in your life like being healthy, finding a work-life balance, making your relationship better, having better sex? For me, my one of my main goals has always been hair-related. I'm sure you followed my hair journey on Instagram. If you haven't, check it out. But essentially, I have really thin hair. And so I had extensions for so long And I took out my extensions and I'm not kidding you. My hair is thicker than it has ever been before. 
And I honestly attribute it so much to Function of Beauty. If you haven't heard of Function of Beauty, it's the world leader in customizable beauty. And it offers precise formulations for your hair specific need. All you have to do is go on the website, take a quick but very thorough quiz. Tell them about your hair type, your hair goals. Like for me, it was lengthen, volumize, thicken. And you can also change every season your hair changes or my hair changes. So you can change your shipment, like your hair goals for every single season, which is amazing. So you can choose your own fragrance, which is amazing. And I love rose. It smells delicious. I choose a green bottle that says function of Linny on it. And also function of beauty is vegan and cruelty free with no sulfates or parabens. So it's not like the stuff that you'll find in the grocery store. It's so much better. You should never buy stuff off the shelf. You're just going to be disappointed over and over again. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme and take your quiz to save 20% on your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. Let them know we sent you and you'll get 20% off your order. Functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Somebody said navigating arguments with your partner. Um, this is a great question. We had an argument recently. I knew I was wrong, like 100% positive that I was wrong. But my first reaction to being wrong is to be defensive. And like, you know, we all have our faults when it comes to our personalities and fighting. And so... When I know I'm wrong, I don't know why I'm I'm defensive, right? But it, but it's because I know I'm wrong, and so when fighting with my partner or like arguing, rather, um, you know, at first I I recognize what I did wrong, and vice versa, right? Like he'll recognize what he did wrong. He's well, he's way better at it. He'll like recognize and then apologize, and I also like move on right away, you know but he's a cancer. And so like he holds on a tiny bit longer. Like I don't, I want to say he holds grudges because he doesn't, but like he holds on a little bit longer. And so my reaction is like, okay, I recognize what I did wrong. I apologize. You need to get over it right now. (laughs) Like if you're not over it right now, I'll be so pissed, but that's not normal. And like, you can't expect people to be the exact way that you are. And so like I did something, I fucked up and I apologized. And he like, kind of as he thought about it, like got a little bit more hurt about the situation. But instead of me understanding and trying to, you know, see like, oh, what, what can I do in the future that like would make you feel better about the situation? I was like, I already apologize. Like I like totally invalidated his feelings. The real way to navigate arguments with your partner is to stick to sentences with I, right? So like I noticed that you're getting more upset about this. What can I do to better understand your feelings right now? Like I know this sounds so kindergarten, but it's so helpful to just like have 
these conversations where you're genuinely trying to understand the other person's point of view. Like there's nothing more important than that. Is there such thing as too comfortable with a significant other? Like gross. Uh, No, I honestly think that you need to be not gross, but like you have to be open. And like, if this is your person for life, like you're going to talk, you're going to fart and you're going to poop. And like, you can't pretend forever that these things don't happen. Like I have friends who like still hide it from their husbands. And I'm like, I don't know how your butthole hasn't broken off from trying to hold in so many farts. Like it doesn't make sense to me. I think it's so important to talk about this stuff. Like, again, like make funny words over like we like my boyfriend and I when we have a fart situation we call it page like we're getting a page um and it makes it a little cuter like I don't know try it and also by the way like it's not like we're like farting and then like ooh, it's like let's have sex no like there's a time and a place for a fart and a time and a place to have sex like it gets gross when you're doing like when you're mixing the two how I stay fit, my eating patterns. So yeah, that's that's a question that came up often. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I have really good genetics. Like I just, I do. My mom has a wonderful figure and my sister does. And like, we've always been able to kind of eat whatever we want. So I just want to say like, there's privilege in, in my metabolism. So like, I, I just... I don't like when people are like, oh, I just like, I do this and I do that. No, like it comes from genetics like 80% of the time, right? And then the other thing that I do is I work out all the time now. Like I probably take one day off a week and I do things that make me feel really good. Like berries or my friend Alessia Sculp or Sweats in the Cities platform or... Megan from the Sculpt Society. Like I I do things that make me feel good and I move my body. And in terms of eating patterns, during the week, I will try to intermittent fast, which I'm not great at, but it essentially means like I'll stop eating after eight and I'll start eating again at 12 p.m. the next day. And like I still have three meals, right? So I'll have like a 12 p.m. yogurt bowl, um, a 3 p.m. like turkey chips situation and a 7 p.m. dinner usually. And then I'm done by eight and try not to snack in between, but like I'll have an orange every now and then. So that's really what works for me during the week. On the weekends, it's anything goes almost to the point where I honestly, like I just am so junk foodie. Like that's just my thing. It's not like a binge, but it's like I eat what I want on the weekends. So like Maybe I'm having like a donut and a bacon, egg and cheese and like pizza and just like literally whatever I want on the weekends. And that's just what works for me. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not someone that you should emulate when it comes to eating. Every body is different. You should eat what your body craves. How to keep friendships the same when you're in such different spots in life, career, marriage, etc. I think this just goes back to like, what do you have in common that makes you friends in the first place? And like, is it just genuinely enjoying each other's company? Maybe it's like talking shit about people from your high school, whatever it is, like there's something that unites you. So try to focus on that. I think it's so easy to want to like cut off these friendships as you get older and you guys grow apart. But like the reality is that 
you know, distancing yourself from someone is, is just as good as cutting off a friendship. And like, God forbid, what if you found out something horrible happened to this person and you had cut off your friendship with them? You know what I mean? Like, there's always a way to find something to have in common. I think if you're forcing it too much, then, you know, that's something to look into. Maybe you do need to distance in some way. Maybe not officially end the friendship, but distance. But I think like, listen, like I was single at a certain point. My best friend was married. Like we had, we still had stuff to talk about. I have, you know, uh, this career now. I have a friend who's unemployed. We still find things to talk about. Like we also are confident enough to talk about the things that we don't have openly, right? So like I'm not married, but am I not okay talking about her marriage? No, I think it's amazing, right? Um, My friend who doesn't have a job, you know, she doesn't have a job, but does she love and support me in my career? Yes. And so I think that just supporting each other is what keeps those friendships together. How to identify weird people, creepy people from normals on dating apps to their profile. Okay. So here's how I feel about this. Think about your guy friends, right? Or your girlfriends and think about their profiles. Like, or even maybe ask like your guy friend to send you screenshots of his profile on a dating app or girlfriend or whatever. Um, Then when you're looking through the dating apps, try to find someone that you think this is a profile that like someone I know in real life would have. It's not creepy. It's not weird. My guy friend would have a profile like this or my girlfriend would have a profile like this. When you see one that is so different than what you're used to is when I feel like that's a weird person. That's a creepy person. And again, like cross-reference, check them out on every single platform possible. Like check them out on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Google, like whatever you got to do, ask your mutual friends. Like I actually, what I love doing is like looking at my friends, like Hinge, let's say, And seeing if there's anyone I know already and then being like, oh, I know John Banama, whatever. He's a really great guy. You should totally give him a chance. Like, don't be afraid or private about your dating apps because maybe you've matched with someone that like your coworker knows or your friend knows and they can vouch for this person and then they can set you up outside of the app. So like, definitely don't be too private again with the dating apps. Like, be open, say like, these are my matches. Do you know any of them? Open those conversations up. It's so, so important. Anyway, I guess that's really it for our solo episode today. Um, I hope that you enjoyed it. And I am excited to do another one. Thanks for listening. I have the apartment to myself right now. And it's really amazing. My boyfriend started going into a WeWork to do some work. And guess what? I have more time to do. Honestly, there's nothing better than unwinding by listening to something really, really hot. And for me, like just looking doesn't do it for me. I love imagining. And that's why I have really just like taken a huge liking to Dipsy. Dipsy, I've put all my friends onto it. It's an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. So get in the bath and put on 
one of these stories and trust me, you'll be thanking me later. Each story features characters that feel like real life people and real life scenarios. So like you ran into someone while walking down the street, but like you caught eyes and then like you followed them into the bathroom. You know, like that hot waiter that you left your number on the check and then whatever. Dipsy is so amazing. The stories are incredible. There's so much to choose from and they release new stories every week. So if there's nothing for you one week, there'll definitely be something for you the next week, no matter what turns you on. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is actually offering a 30-day free trial. When you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme, that's a 30-day free trial. That's 30 days of masturbating. When you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Acme, dipsystories.com slash Acme, you can thank me later. I have been posting things that I recommend that you buy on my Instagram stories and I've been getting really good feedback that you guys have been loving that, but it's hard. Like that's not my bread and butter. It's not dating. So I don't know how much longer I'll be able to do that. And online shopping can be really scary. Like you don't want to have to do it alone. You never know if things are going to fit. Returns can be difficult very often. And also like maybe you're dating somebody who you don't like their style and you want to get them good stuff, but you don't know where to start either. For this kind of situation, Stitch Fix is the best resolution. Stitch Fix offers clothing that's hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique style, size, budget. It's so fun. You kind of explain to this person, you know, what you like, and then they come up with this really awesome delivery for you. And then with no subscription required, you can either try it once or set it up for automatic deliveries. But basically, they send it to you and you try on all the pieces and then you don't have to keep them. You can only keep what you really love. And that's why it's so amazing. You just pay a $20 styling fee for each box. And the fee actually gets credited towards pieces that you end up keeping. There are no hidden fees ever. And they have styles and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, for kids. Maybe you don't feel like shopping for your kids. Maybe you don't feel like shopping for your man. Like let them do it for you. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash Acme. You're going to get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. At stitchfix.com slash Acme for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. stitchfix.com slash Acme. Check it out and let me know what you think. So something that you guys asked a lot was like what to do from the first date to the third date, tips and rules. Because, you know, we talk about like really first date stuff, but then it's like, what happens after that? What should you be doing? What should you not be doing? You know that I think that you shouldn't say thank you after the date if you think them on the date already and been grateful enough. I have a very special friend here who... I'm forcing essentially to give you a male opinion on just a few do's and don'ts. So it's my boyfriend. Hi, everyone. (laughs) And I had him think about this a little bit and like make a little list. So we'll start with some don'ts so that we can end on a positive note. Um, Let me just start by saying that it's nice to be here. You've been trying to get me to do this for a year. Yes. 
and I've resisted, but in honor of you becoming an ant again this week, I figured I would Yay. indulge you with a little present. Um, mm. So do's and don'ts for the first few dates. I think one, which you've talked about on the podcast, is don't be too available. Yeah. Um, humans are just almost by definition attracted to scarcity value. And if your time is viewed as unlimited, it's just not going to be attractive to them. Right. And also like don't fake being not available. Like actually don't be available. Actually make yeah, plans make and plans. have a life because it's obvious if they're like, oh, I can't, but what about tomorrow? Like even to, yeah. even or, saying or, that. Or, or if they say, how was the concert? And you made it up and you have to fake your way through a right, but every, that you don't but, even know exists. But by the way, everyone's faked like a plan before. I like in the early stages of dating, this is another actually do, um, even though we're on don'ts, like when they're like, what are you up to? And you're literally like eating, watching Netflix. Like you can like embellish a little bit to make yourself yeah, make, make it, yourself. Don't make sound. it too intricate. Yeah, fine, fair. Okay, what's another don't? So I would say that the the dating world is full of anecdotes of couples who have enjoyed long-term success and gotten married and had kids. And and it, it started with one of the parties not being super into it. Um, and so I feel like every time... We, we talked to lots of couples who the story is he pursued her relentlessly for a long time or she pursued him. And so I think the don't here is don't be closed-minded because how you view someone could change over time. And intimacy and love is something that it's a, it's a very complicated emotion that, um, that snowballs as you get to know more about somebody. And so I would say that just because you might not be completely into them or enamored with them in the first date or two to just give it a shot. If you think that there's, there's some, some potential for long-term success. Agreed. But more likely, more often than not, it's if, if the guy is the one pursuing and the girl then changes her mind, it's better than, um, if the girl is pursuing and the guy changes his mind. And that's just because you know, that's just the way that it is. Sure. It is. And then the last one. I think the last one would be, and this depends on what you're, on what you're going for. Like if you're, if you're in it for a short term fling, I think that this, this might not necessarily apply, but I think it's, it's really hard over a long period of time to sustain being someone that you're not. And so if you're texting and you're trying to be really cool when in fact you're more genuine, or you're trying to, you know, know a lot about X topic, but you're not actually in, that interested in it. I would just say that it's a lot easier to just be yourself and as cheesy as and ridiculously banal as that is just, um, it's, it's less exhausting. And if you try to do that over a long string of dates, it's just, it's going to unravel at some point. Yeah. Like how I told you I spoke French, which I, by the way, do. I'm just like, not, you not can, that well. You literally only speak French at restaurants when you can read the menu. No, like I like parler français. Est-ce que je peux aller aux toilettes s'il vous plaît? You can speak with with my colleagues. I will. I, Five-year-old son. I, well, <laughs> I just asked barely. if I could go to the bathroom. Okay, and things to do. This is one that we disagree with, which is which is on his list. Will you say your first one? So I think it's I think it's fun at the beginning to introduce them to your friends pretty early. I think that your friends are usually a pretty great judge of character. I think you can see how they operate and move among your friends and how they interact with them and if they can hang. Um, I think if you're not introducing them to your friends, once you know that you like them, you probably have to ask yourself why. But I think it could just be a really cool and fun testing ground at the beginning to see um, what kind of partner they could be. It's interesting that you said testing ground because a lot of people will reach out and they'll be like, oh, they introduced me to their friends. Does that mean they like me? I would argue no. It's still in the phase where they're deciding if they like you or not. Yeah, I think they like they like you enough. Right, like they're not going to introduce someone to their friends who they dislike. Yeah, it would reflect probably on them. I but. don't know. I, I 
I will disagree with you on this one though, because I think that it's so important to have like the bread and butter all figured out of the two of you before you open it up to like the rest of your friends. I mean, the only reason I met your friends on the second date was because they crashed. Well, our that's date. my friends are ridiculous, but I also don't. I don't agree with that. I don't think that for you to wait until you have everything buttoned up. Not buttoned I, up. I think, not I like it's be a not very, official. Very long time. Not official, but like. I mean, we like you came to my Oscar party or whatever. Yeah, that was pretty early. Um, pretty early, and I guess that was me like seeing how you interacted with everyone. So, yeah. and the only reason why you didn't meet my friends really early was because of the pandemic. But you met them over Facetime, right? But by the way, that really early, I think that was like four or five dates in. So I wouldn't say that's a one to th- to three date thing. Depends. Depends where you are, where you're going. Okay, and what's the second? The second one. I think the second and the last one for the dues, because I feel like a lot of your dues are, are pretty applicable to, to my list too. But I think that over the course of a relationship, maybe this might not apply to the one to three dates, maybe like the one to you know, 10 dates, is to maintain some level of courtship no matter what stage you are of dating. It's going to change over time, right? Like the the amount that you try to win someone's approval and the acts of service that you do and the way that you try to surprise them. It's, it's just by, it's going to to ebb and flow over the course of relationship. Yeah. But, but there should be some level of it at every, at every point. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And it's, I think, I just think it's important to, to always try to, you know, to always feel as if you're trying to, to win them over. Yeah. But I feel like that's so much about the partner that you choose. And that's why it's so important to find someone that like you want to impress, not yeah, someone if, if that you're just you like settling. If, Cause if you're settling, you're like, I don't, I don't give a fuck if yeah, they like I agree. what I'm doing. But that'd be really depressing if that's how you felt about it. Yeah. No, I guess I'm just emphasizing like find someone cause, cause sometimes it can be scary, right? If you choose a partner that like you want to impress, like that could be like, Oh, is that a red flag that like, I feel like I have to be on like my best behavior. Or I have to like do this, but no, I think it's actually a green flag. If you feel like you still have to like, win them over all the time. Yeah. I feel like if there's a little bit of competitive tension there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, If you you don't want to win their approval early on in the relationship, then how, like, I don't know how you expect that to evolve over the course of a longer period of time. Right. Assuming that that's what you're looking for. If you're looking, listen, if all, if, if all of these dates are just leading to you wanting someone who you can, you know, do basic stuff with for, for, for like two to three months, none of this matters. Right. Like, like a friend with benefits. Yeah. So we really quick, and then I'll let you go to work. Um, the last point that you had on your list, you didn't say, but it, it was really good. I saw it. It's a douche. I don't even know what it was. It's a douche, like recognize moments to show up oh. for people or whatever. I think in any early relationship, there are, there are certain inflection moments where they want you to be somewhere or you want them to be somewhere um, either explicitly or it's almost implied in in their tone of voice or the way that they that you can feel as if they need you there. I think that those moments, it, there's usually like a very clear yet like right and a very clear wrong in terms of like what you should and shouldn't do. If you have to ask yourself, you should usually show up. Yeah. Um, and I feel like those are the times that you look back on and you're like, they were there for me early on. And that was when I knew that it could actually be something special. Yeah. Um, which I know happened with us a few times. Oh my God. You showed up to my grandma Shiva like before we were official and it was the biggest show up ever and like said so much to me, but we weren't official. So I was like, this is my friend. This is my friend. I overheard some conversations though. <laughs> but wait, real quick. What was, did I show up? Like, how did I show up for you early on? I hope I did. I think you showed up for me given 
what the state of the world was at the time. Yeah. And the fact that neither of us really had anyone else to be with. And I mean, would, we did. We had our families, but we like... But not really. They were, I mean... Yeah. It was hard to see them. But I think we probably both just recognized that we were the only other person that they were seeing. And it'd be a lot easier for... Yeah. If, if you wanted to see me, for some reason, I feel like it would be easier for you to say that than for me to say that. Because um, I'm not as talented at communicating. Yeah. Um, and so I think you would just recognize that there were times that we, that I would have wanted to see you and maybe you preempted. Um, other than that, you were there for me, given you didn't just walk out when my friends crashed our second date because they're <laughs> absolute morons. No, but I think you make a good point. Like I, but I also don't think it was like something that needed to be spoken. Like when the pandemic hit and we, we were like, you know, together and we kind of just like, looked at each other and we're like, okay, we'll like, we'll stay in the city together, you know? Yeah. And maybe that was me saying it because, and again, like you're not like every guy is different, but like you are less communicative, but I don't know. I'm very intuitive with you. <laughs> I think, thank God. I, I, I agree with that. Thank God. Like last <laughs> night we, I went into Dwayne Reed and was getting myself a Coke. And I was like, do you want to, or I was getting myself a Diet Coke. And I was like, do you want a Coke? Because we were eating Chinese food and you have to have Chinese food with soda. And he was like, no, I'm good. And I got him a Coke because I knew he wasn't And she good. could see the smile on my face when she got <laughs> it because she knew that I knew that I was being an idiot. Um, okay, I'll let you go, I guess. Thanks for having me. Can I ask you more things? Sure, maybe one more Wait, thing. Wait, really? Oh, I wish I had like... Prepared. See, look at that. I put you on the spot. You don't even have a question. No, I have so many questions. Um, what's the most annoying thing that I do oh my God. in our relationship? Sorry, I got to go to work. <laughs> no. Wait, wait, wait. What? Someone asked what guys want at different stages. Oh, no, no. This is a good one. Okay, ready? A guy says they like you and they want to keep hanging out, but they don't want a relationship. Why? It's a riddle. Because <laughs> they want uh, sex, right? Yeah, or they want optionality, or they just don't want commitment. Yeah. Um, there could also be things in the background, like they might not be secure in different parts of their life. They might know where they're going to live. They might not know what they're going to do. And so the idea of bringing someone into that could just create more and more chaos. Most of it's probably just because they want to keep sleeping with you or, or spending time with you without having to actually put in any work. Has fear of commitment ever genuinely stopped you from being with someone that you thought was amazing and a, a potential? No. no. If there was ever someone who I really felt strongly about, which there haven't been that many people, if I really wanted to date them, I would have dated them. Like you make the time in your life, like you make the space, you figure yeah. out, you figure other things out. You're usually putting a stop to it for other reasons. Either you don't care about them that much or, you know, there are other things that are more important to you. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for having me. I really don't want to, though. <laughs> um, all right. I have a feeling I might make another appearance at some point. Really? Yeah, I'm open to it. We'll see if, if the people want you back. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Love you, sweetie. <laughs>